0: Broken and beaten, our heroes are scattered. Lost and alone, their hopes are all tattered. Their home has been conquered, but their fight is not done. They must mount a strong defense while still on the run. Their task will be hard, but still they must try. So sit back and observe. The beholder's eye
2: Barry. Yes? After Boris graciously saved you, you spent the last two weeks... You should have killed me. It was very gracious. <laughs> you spent the last two weeks in quarantine. Oh, well, this is familiar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you went from one cell to another. Yeah. As soon as Boris uh, and the team that came in to save a lot of the people out of the the prison... The dungeons, there we go. <laughs> I forgot the word... That's half of the name of this game, Dungeons.
3: <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Sorry, um, are you sure that's the D you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
2: the other half of the pe- or the other people that they save from the dungeons um, have come back and integrated into the Protectorate. But you were immediately shuttled into a holding cell of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be a room that they've Kind of hastily turned into a prison cell with bars on the doors, but they've tried to make it as comfortable as possible for you. Uh, they understand that
0: you're possessed, yeah. but you're still a person. Do they give me uh, some food?
2: Yes. Oh yeah, every day. I mean, they, I they feed utensils? you well.
4: Yes.
0: I start cutting myself.
2: Uh, as soon as you start cutting yourself within the first couple of days, they immediately. That's not what the
4: utensils are for, Barry. Take <laughs> take your utensils
2: and feed you only finger food from that point on. And yes, Boris is there. Boris comes to check
0: on you. Oh, well this is awkward. I put down the knife.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But the only way that you're ever talked to, nobody ever comes into the room. Uh, There is just a opening in the door that opens from the outside. About six inches by eight inches. Enough for somebody to kind of get their face up there and talk to you. And you're visited quite often. Within the first week, Aldalar comes and says hi to you. And he says he's sorry that he couldn't be there to help everyone, and to I'm keep sorry too you happening. When he's talking to you, you realize like something's wrong with him, and the first time you get a good look at him, you realize his entire like mouth and chest have been replaced by mechanics. Oh Jesus!
4: <laughs> That's just the new and improved Elder Law. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, and he's got
4: a bit more of a
2: robotic
0: voice.
4: He does have a home burn. What
0: did you and uh Oh no I forgot the name <laughs> after, after a Kano, day or two You the, and Kano get along
2: <laughs> After a few days though uh, Of him coming to, to visit you The last day he comes and he tells you Barry I am going to have to Go away for a while
0: now Yeah that's his <laughs> new voice
4: yeah, it does, it does talk like that for the entire time now. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Is it because it's easier on in the
4: voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way easier.gov
2: <laughs> But yeah, he comes and tells you that he's not going to be able to come visit you anymore because he is getting Pushed into the higher ranks of the protectorate and is now going to be strategizing a lot and just not going to have time to help you guys. But
0: just leave me again, Aldelar, just like my dad did. I'm
2: sorry, Barry, but they need me. When the war is over, we can chill again. <laughs> <laughs> Aldelar dabs a lot now. You got really cool. Right on. <laughs> That's what being half robot does to you yeah well um <laughs> <laughs> yes I've gotten to the DM level of just breaking my characters there was, <laughs> <laughs>
0: there was... <laughs> yeah
4: there was no warning
0: god damn it! I want to make a, a joke but I forget the guy's name I'm fucking horrible with names right now Robocop
4: Are you trying to do the Robocop no, one because no, that's no,
0: Murphy
3: no.
2: No.
0: who's that one uh, mass physicist uh, that died recently
3: Stephen Hawking yeah that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he's a robot. I'm
0: so glad you brought Stephen Hawking back.
1: <laughs>
0: Was it worth it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. A
0: <laughs> few days
2: after Aldalar leaves, uh, you know, everybody's been kind of cagey about your situation. Oh, they've been cagey? Yeah. I'm in <laughs> literally a cage. Yeah. Okay. After a few days, though, one of the... There is a uh, elf that appears... At your door opening And you've seen this person a few times But they've never come and actually talked to you They're usually just kind of watching from behind Other people talking to you Through this little opening And they kind of knock on the door to get your attention And as you turn towards them uh, They say Hello Barry My name is Jefferson I'm a f- Wizard of sorts uh, My My Area of expertise is a bit unorthodox in our community. I dabble in the study of unseen gods. And I think I know what's happening with you. We've seen the aftermath of uh, some
0: unfortunate experiments by the church to do exactly what you've had done to you. They're pretty surgical. They're it's not even experiments anymore, man.
2: Well, uh, I've been with the Protectorate for a long time. You can see actually that he looks old for an elf. Oh. He's got just the barest hint of crow's eyes or crow's feet. Crow's eyes. Crow's feet. Yeah, he has dark, <laughs> pupilless eyes. He stole Chip's eyes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, uh, he has the barest hint of crow's feet at his eyes, and uh, the just barest laugh lines, which is like the sign that an elf is, you know, a couple thousand years old. Like uh, he says, "Well, to be honest, I've I've been around a long time, and I I've had experience with the church's uh, methods, and I think I can help you with what's going on." Um, but I. I'm training the boy Tomas right now to help me. I don't have the magical skill myself. I'm more of an intellectual. I think I might be able to get you out of here sometime in the next few weeks. How does that sound?
0: Uh, That'd be amazing. Perfect. I'm so sick of cages. It
2: would be very helpful uh, if you are um, agreeable to this situation. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to check. I heard that you had been trying to hurt yourself, and I was worried that you might not want
0: that thing out of your head. Oh, oh, that guy.
2: Yeah, that voice in the back of your head. Since Boris got you out of there, I mean, you were getting a pretty good control over things. Yeah. And you still have control over things. Yeah, but he's still there, and I'm aware of it. He's constantly jabbering at the back of your mind. Yeah. Uh, And it's. It's enough that,
0: like, it's hard for you to sleep and you, yeah. you've been... The sleep I do get, he takes over. Exactly. Like my body's not resting at, at all, ever. You're kind um, of
2: starting to degrade a bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, for real. After he leaves, the the voice at the back of your head uh, gets a bit more intense and starts to try to push against the boundaries you've created in your mind. That night you're just racked with fitful dreams and you know nightmares and visions of all of your friends dying visions of you personally killing them your hands slick with blood your face dripping with blood that's not your own another week or so goes by and jefferson comes back with tomash
0: And they, for the first time in almost two weeks... I described the dreams to them in painful detail. Jefferson's like, well, that's um, disturbing. I've seen you die by my hands, Jefferson. Shitty. Yeah, it's really cool. Don't... Oh, whoa. I mean, cool by not cool. Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, you know, sometimes sick's pretty fucking, like, ill. I guess ill could be pretty cool, too. Plan. Cool, 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 yeah, cool. But no. No, no doubt, no. no doubt. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Well we're gonna try we're gonna try and prevent that from happening. Um and for the first time in two weeks, your door opens. Tomash and Jefferson step into the room and immediately close the door behind them and you see that there is a guard that steps up and locks it behind them, and Jefferson turns around uh and basically tells the guard to, you know, not open it under any circumstance unless things go very badly and then to open it and come in and kill you uh and he turns back around and he he says barry i know um that might be a little disconcerting but uh it it won't come to that
0: i have reasonable control of the shit that's inside of me right now so i don't think i will bring any harm to you
2: good well the thing is what we're about to do we're going to try and Pull the entity that's in your body out of you now. Okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd like it out. This is going to suck.
2: It's going to hurt very much.
0: Oh, I'm aware. Yeah,
2: it's going to be bad.
0: This is time number six. You could see by my uh, <laughs> lines on my arm.
2: And Tomas looks and he's like, oh, no, Barry, you shouldn't hurt yourself. Everything hurts. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, lie down on the bed and w- we'll get started. I haven't done this before.
0: And I'm going to try and do my best job. Oh, honey, it's not my first time. You just go for it.
2: (laughs) You're saying this to a 12-year-old boy.
1: Well.
2: As you lay down on the bed, Tomash immediately starts to cast incantations and starts to pull these glowing, sparking runes out of the air over your body. And it's, it's like nothing that the priests who would pull these things out of you ever did before. Uh, and as he does, he starts to create more and more up your body until he gets to your head, and as soon as he draws this last rune over the top of your head, you are racked by immense pain.
0: Oh yeah, it's just, yeah. he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Well, it's not that even hurts. that. It's
2: worse than anything you've yeah. ever felt. It's before. way
0: worse than the priests doing it that have been practicing it for years before they had a live subject when
2: well, you'd gotten used to the pain. of
0: Yeah, these. but they knew what they were doing, and this is worse
2: this for the down. first time
3: at this point because Boris is totally unaware. Obviously, he's somewhere else in the complex. I'm gonna guess. I mean, like I, would am- you know, might, I would. You know, I would imagine, imagine you know about it. it, it. You but might think be it's watching about about from outside. Probably about dinner time, right? So I
4: think Boris is going. Come in, Tomash, on the two-way radio. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and Tomas does, is like, I'm pretty sure there was a ham in this in this lair, Tomash." Hey, no, 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 you know the ham
2: Boris, I'm kind of in the middle of something. Um, uh- Are you taking a fucking <sighs> okay, phone call right now?
4: Hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, 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 over, over. He's Take fucking busy. <laughs> yeah, over. I'll be back. I'll be back. Where's the hum?
2: <laughs> but this last, this this bolt of pain that just shoots through your body goes through your forehead and down to your toes, and you start convulsing heavily and that that voice in the back of your head just starts screaming and the noise of that causes you another level of pain and you you start to almost black out and as you do you feel all of that pain just pull itself up to your left eye and start to pull itself out of your left eye and you hear Tomash screaming and don't be a bitch You get several images in a rapid flashing succession. You see tentacles whipping around the room, but at a weird vantage point, almost as they're coming from behind you. And then you get this doubling of vision where it's not like everything's kind of floating in and out of each other. You get two full images of everything that's happening. One the way that everything normally looks. The other, everything looks like bloody meat. It, it's the same shapes and the you can see Tomash and you can see Jefferson and you but can see, see the room that you're in. But his... everything is breathing and there's eyes embedded everywhere. Does Barry, no. in,
3: does Barry see a ham anywhere?
2: No. <laughs> and then you black out. All right. Boris, on your little
4: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I saw, I found some chicken.
2: Uh, and you hear Tomash screaming. Come in, Tomash! Tomash! And suddenly, you remember today was the day that they were going to try and pull whatever is inside of Barry out of him.
4: Tomash, it sounds like you have a serious a problem. Considering You're boss. Getting
2: nothing serious, He's not, than the, the, not the, the, coming back. The
3: my, the, my lunch.
2: <laughs> you make your way over to Barry's cell.
3: Yeah, it's not good for the digestion, but that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I, still have, a bit of, I still, still have a
3: bit of sandwich in my left hand <laughs> trying to eat a little bit, of, you know. But, I mean, that's not as important as, obviously, the life and safety of Barry, Barry and Tamash. And- you know I'm passed out. I can't hear you. Yeah. yeah no, uh, but- as
2: you get to Barry's cell, yep. you see that the door is wide open. Okay, that's not good and as you get to the door you see that the guard that should have been out there is standing just a few feet into the room uh with his weapon pointed toward his sword pointed towards barry kind of slowly walking towards him barry is unconscious on his bed tomash and jefferson are both unconscious laying on the ground tomash seems fine he seems like he's breathing kind of shallow uh but jefferson has a large welt across one side of his face Mm -hmm. uh, and small cut and kind of a big bump growing on the side of his head but you looking at Barry you see that his left eye he he had kind of had some scars when you saved him Mm -hmm. on the side of his face but now those scars have deepened a bit and his whole entire left eye looks like it's been almost blasted out oh that's not a good look but in its place you see small writhing tentacles they aren't really doing much other than just kind of barely poking out of the skin Barry poking out of the skin Barry poking out of the skin
3: and at that moment uh, or well at this point boris's immediate thought is i wish
2: i delayed lunch <laughs> the the guard it's a
0: good thing you ate because that would ruin your appetite
2: yeah, the guard not realizes sure that was that a great there, time to do that and he turns back to you and he says um i i don't really know what happened it seemed like uh master Tomash and jefferson were casting their spell and Suddenly, a mass of tentacles burst from that man's face and knocked out Jefferson. And then there was a burst of light, blinding light. And this is this is how they looked after after I could see again. Uh, so I came in. Do you see that? And he he points at. Oh uh, yeah, I do see face. the uh,
4: arriving. T- yeah, I was hoping we were past all the uh, tentacles randomly springing out and uh, attacking people. Uh, Particularly in our own intimate immediacy.
2: Suddenly, you feel something grab your ankle. Uh oh. And. Sure, lo- is that you? As you look down, uh, you see that Tomasha's
3: snapped awake and he's kind of grabbed onto you and he's like, Help me up. Boris looks down and then he, 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 he just subconsciously just clicks on the two way radio button and goes,
4: Okay, Tomasha, I'm going to open <laughs> you up right now. <laughs> oh, yo, oh, oh, I don't need to use that right now.
2: Uh, as you start lifting him up, he very quickly you, like kind of pushes off of you and leans over Barry and waves his hand over his face, and you see Excellent. a small rune appear over his eye. This rune that Tomash casts over Barry's left eye immediately sink into the flesh, and it's already kind of scarred and fucked up, but it seems to kind of heal the eyelid a bit, and the eyelid closes over these tentacles, mm. uh, and this rune is... Left as an impression
4: that is like a dark blood red color over his eye. Um. Okay. Uh, Tomas, I'm gonna. That. i Boris is just looking and he's look
3: slightly angsty, but he's um. He's just gonna nod his head and keep his lips. Kind of pissed and...
4: Nodding his head like he knows.
3: Uh, knows
4: exactly what Tomas is doing, and he's really... <laughs>
3: very approving of Tomas's actions here, without knowing at all what Tomas has done.
2: As soon as that. As soon as that rune fully sinks in Barry you snap awake And there is this Immediate blinding pain In your left eye and then you realize That You are now blind in your left eye Sweet
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who needs depth uh, perception
0: uh, For sure And Tamash- I was only really looking half the time anyway <laughs> Tamash leans over
2: you And he says well Barry, that could have gone better. Yeah, um, you know,
0: I mean, out of like- yeah, you know, I mean, out of, like, these guys did it six times, and uh, I never lost an eye, so probably could have gone a little bit better.
2: Yeah. Well, my my best estimate is that um, you were possessed with this thing a lot longer than you should have been, and it might have... You you
0: mean, like, more than not at all? Because, yeah, I shouldn't have been possessed at all. That would have been the appropriate amount.
2: It seems to have matured inside your body a bit, and when we tried to pull it out, um, it came out as tentacles. Uh, It knocked out Jefferson, and uh, there was kind of a a whiplash effect in the magic. Uh, I was able, though, to seal it off into your eye um
0: I see
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid it's so funny <laughs>
4: I mean, <I'm> think like,
5: <laughs> I like to picture that that was the reaction of everyone in the room yeah and <laughs> <laughs> then we just get like a freeze frame and it the just pauses, Like,
4: yeah, what? I just pause. What? Well, don't really know how to react to that. Basically,
2: you now have this thing lodged in your eye, and Tomash says we're we're gonna. I think we're gonna have to keep you quarantined for a couple more days, but we'll see how this works. I think that last rune that I put in, uh, we'll keep it sealed in pretty good. Um. I've never done anything like this though.
0: I noticed. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, over the next few days, you are left living with this weird thing in your eye. It doesn't talk to you anymore though, That's which cool. is a
0: fucking relief. Yeah, I can yeah. sleep soundly. It's the first full night of rest I've gotten in.
2: But you start. I mean, so over what you saying last... is you can
3: sleep now with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to win. Over the
2: over the last <laughs> few months, uh, you've through that 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 control that you started to gain over the things that were possessing you, um, you it was like stretching a muscle, and it became very familiar. And over the next couple of days, you start to like instinctually do it because you're so used to it, just like almost brain muscle memory, and. You realize that You have some small Control over this thing that's now Embedded into your eye And within 48 hours You have this thing whipping in and out of your eye You realize that The more you do it the less you can control it But the first few times It's a lot easier to control Exactly where these tentacles are going to go Sweet So what this does for you You
3: now have The ability Is a barrier and observation right now uh, I'm sure I mean, people I, have been seeing it. would just be like, oh, some
4: shit went down with body, but okay, we've clocked off at 6 p.m.
2: Uh, I would say, actually, you know, Tamasha's probably been watching most of this and seeing that you're gaining some sort of control over it.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to gain some perspective.
2: You're going to hell. <laughs> uh, you now have the ability to, as many times as you want, open your eye and cause tentacles to whip out of it. Jesus Christ. The first time you do this, <laughs> you, well, every time you do this, you will have to make a saving throw, a deck saving it's throw. like constitution
0: not to throw up?
2: No, a, a deck <laughs> sounds saving throw. Oh, no, that's
0: just everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> right. And
2: <laughs> every time you use this in succession within a long rest period, you know, between long rests, the DC for the saving throw will get harder and harder. The more you use it, The more strain it puts on your body, and after two uses, you start to take damage as well. One d4 per time. Don't tease me. Additive. So basically, each the first time you do it and it does damage, it's one d4. If you fail, the next time you do
0: it, it's two d4. Two d4, three d4. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But what? So when it lashes out, what does it do? Uh, It does three d6 damage. Three d6 plus anything. Nope, just straight 3D6. And,
2: uh, it's good
3: for Kraken rum commercials.
1: <laughs>
0: that's considered a dex attack, though? Yeah. Yes, a dex melee attack. Well, how much range does it have? Because it shoots out. So. Oh, just five feet? Yeah. Okay. That's still fucking ridiculous. You imagine someone's- You have a five-foot
1: tentacle <laughs> coming
3: out <laughs> of your eyes? Oh,
0: oh Jesus.
3: <laughs> Everyone's like, we'll just stay slightly out of melee range. <laughs> All
0: right, yeah. No, I don't really <laughs> want to talk to you face-to-face, Barry. I'm really glad I got expertise in intimidation now.
2: <laughs> At the end of these couple of days in call this that observation period. Yes. Tomash comes in and he's he's seen what you've been doing and he he's realized that you kind of have some control over it and he says, "You know what, Barry? I I I think I can persuade them to let you out of here and and get you mission ready. We need everyone in the war effort." <laughs>
0: Even you Barry <laughs> Even you <laughs> Thanks <laughs> I'm so glad to have this privilege <laughs>
2: I'll do what I can That's to... what real
4: love is <laughs> Right there I'll
2: do yeah. what I can to talk to everybody and, and try to convince as many people as I can That um, you can be trusted now
4: Can you be trusted Barry I Be think... honest about it Barry If you can't be trusted don't lie
0: I think so I don't want to hurt anyone Barry you are now released into the
2: general public and given a room uh, given your own quarters with a few other people I request a beer oh there's plenty of beer all over the place Yeah, hell yeah I mean this is resistance made made up of mainly dwarves and elves there's lots of alcohol flowing around wine and beer
0: guess
4: who's back (laughs) Barry's back I'm looking to put you could do some really good bar tricks with this eye. After about 48 hours line in the shots. general public,
2: Jefferson and Tomash come to you and they say, Barry, we have, we've got a mission for you and Boris. Your other friends are here, but we're kind of keeping you guys separate for now. But that, uh, eventually... Boris looks
4: at Barry and he goes, it's because, Barry, uh, they want to kill you.
2: Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, just so we'll so we're have to deal with that. that at some point, but we'll get there when we get there. But for yeah, now... Um, they can kill me, it's okay. Come with me, I've already got Boris waiting in a room to be brief, so... That's
3: how I communicated to you, from that room.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> what, did you just
3: connection? pick up no, Message two-way. or something? No, uh, I have a two-way radio with Timash, it's a, uh, it's a badge, I'm, I gave him a badge... For, say he was part of the investigation team, and he was holding whole investigation. I cast the cantrip
0: message, and I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? How much did you spend on
3: that? You're a goddamn wizard. I didn't pay anything. Tomash channeled it to be a yeah, two-way Timash radio because he's a much more powerful sorcerer than me. I mean, I'm not a sorcerer. I'm just a lonely wizard. A wizard. wizard.
2: Tomash takes you back to one of the briefing rooms. Uh, Boris is already sitting there by yourself, Boris. He left you there for a good like 20 minutes too. He's like I'm going to go find Barry. Stay here. Tomash did that to me? Yeah.
3: Or Jefferson. Uh both Tomash and Jefferson. Or James and Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't seen James and Jesse. They
2: went with Aldelar and have been Blast busy off again. A while. But Tomash and Jefferson Sit the two of you down and they say, okay, um, we, uh, we've been working with another one of the departments to secure magical items since the beginning of the war. And we're going to bring in their, their top officer to come in and, um, he needs your help. Most of his operatives at the moment are busy with things and we've just gotten a, some new information uh, that there is (laughs) a... Item of great power. We're not really sure the item itself, what it does, or how powerful it really really is. But we've we found out that it's very important to the church, and we think we can intercept it before it gets to them.
4: That sounds like a very clear, concise, well thought out plan with a very uh, obvious, clear, and concise objective.
0: Can you uh, draw me a picture?
4: Well. No,
2: we don't know a lot about the item itself, but I can draw you a picture of the map and yeah. the plan? That's mm-hmm. what you wanted? Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> draw a picture of a plan. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe, like, you know, plan comic this strip. Way. It. Yeah. <clears throat> Next
4: page. I'm,
0: I'm good with stick figures. It's okay.
4: Uh, Bonnie's the uh, stick figure with now uh, just the one eye. <laughs>
0: It makes it a lot more easy to yeah.
2: Alright, so into the room. As as Tomash is laying out this plan and Jefferson is kinda helping him out with it.
0: You could say he's drawing it out now.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh you see that the plan is basically there is some sort of caravan. Um, they don't have exact numbers on how many people are in this caravan, but there is a caravan transporting this item from one of the outlying cities outside of Salandrian to Salandrian. And there is an area through the forest where uh, there are tunnels that the Protectorate have out around the city. They've got one that can get you about a quarter mile away from where you need to be. And you can have a pretty sneaky approach up to it to ambush this caravan on the
3: trail. Plus, whichever one you randomly go down, you'll find January at the end of it.
2: Most likely. As they're laying this plan out, uh, into the room walks a tall air genasi. You oh. can tell that he's a genasi by the, the color of his skin and the fact that there is lightning kind of just crackling all around him at all times. Yeah, he's got a little blue hue to him. He wears pirate regalia, a mid-waist coat, a belt with a very ornate buckle a very interesting it's not even a tri-point hat that's almost a quad point hat Uh, a very interesting pirates hat yeah (laughs) how would you describe that uh very long luxurious boots and a lush beard and a look on his face like he's not gonna take no shit you could almost say he has a face like thunder yes (laughs) This man walks into the room
3: And immediately commands your attention Well, the minute Boris sees a man with a beard That substantially pays attention
5: Alright, boys I hear you're the ones who are going to be helping me With my little fetch quest (laughs) (laughs) Well played (laughs) Hey I might only be here for the one session, but I'll be damn sure I'm fitting in a callback.
2: <laughs> Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. I am here today with our amazing and talented guest, Jordan, from the fantastic, well put together, hilarious, modified role. He plays Aurelius, uh, and he's also
5: the editor. Jordan, thank you for joining me. That's no problem, and you can't see it right now, but I'm blushing very hard. But but seriously, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Obviously, we've just finished playing the game tonight, and i really enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to come on for ages, and it's just been a great evening. Yeah, it was a ton of fun.
2: And (laughs) unfortunately, we had a lot of uh, other stuff to deal with tonight, and we didn't get a lot of time with you, but we'll definitely have you on in the future. Looking forward to it. All right, so um, it's a new season. Got some new guests, got some new questions. Uh, First of which is... What got you into tabletop gaming and or podcasting? So basically kind of what got you into the world of audio game playing.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually I nearly missed it. Um when I was at secondary school here in the UK, I had a couple of friends uh who were into D&D and stuff. I think this was back when I think they were probably playing 3.5. I think it was probably a year or two before 5E came out. Okay. And, uh, I was trying to get them to, like, get me involved in it, but they, we didn't live particularly close, so getting to an actual game was quite difficult. So, uh, that never really worked out, but I had an interest in it. So then when I went to uni, uh, well, actually, it wasn't until we finished uni, I was quite close to a couple of guys, and I started picking up, I think it was, I think it might have been probably Critical Role, I picked up a couple of episodes of that. I was like, I nearly played DD, and I'm still interested in it, so I contacted a few of my close friends from uni. I was like, hey guys, should we start playing D&D? Because we played a load of other games together. Yeah,
2: Critical Role seems to be a lot of people's gateway drug nowadays. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, honestly, I think it, it wasn't even necessarily that like, I was watching a lot of Critical Role. I think I listened to like one or two of their episodes, and it would just kind of remind me. I was like, oh yeah, I've been wanting to play D&D for years, so I might as well bite the bullet and maybe try running a game. So I went and bought a, D- a Dungeon Master's Guide, I went and bought a Monster Manual and a player's handbook, but my friends from back home, who were trying to convince to play, they were interested, but they all had new work commitments. Oh, yeah. So we literally couldn't get a game going. But at that point, I was like, all right, I've already bought all the shit, so I'm going to try and find some games on Rule 20 So I played in a couple of different groups, but none of them really clicked. There was always, like, each group had, you know, like, one of that guy. Oh, yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or it just wasn't very fun. Like, there was literally one of the games, and it still pisses me off to this day. He was playing a paladin. We had fallen through a portal into... Um, oh, I can't even think. Uh, sh- not, I want to say the Shadow Realm, but that's D D, or that's Yu-Gi-Oh, What's, oh, it, yeah. what's it called?
2: Uh, uh, the Underdark.
5: No, no, no. Like the, the the plane of like you know. Oh.
2: Oh God. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, <at the> <laughs> it's gonna. <of> my
5: head. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. But uh, we we fell into this plane and we had fought. We were we had been told. Oh, that big. You know that big temple y dungeony cathedrally place has a portal home. We go there and we discover a fucking black dragon has made its nest there. Oh jeez. And at this at this point, I think yeah, we had our, our DM was very much he was new to it. We had already found a deck of many things and had jumped from like level three to level tw- ten oh my in God. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I don't think that was exactly correct. I'm sure there'll be people listening to this going, that's not how the deck of many things works, but it was something ridiculous. Yeah. But, this guy was playing a paladin. We came across a black dragon who was telling us to either get out or he would eat us. And his response was, well, he's just protecting his horde. We can't attack him. (laughs) And we were like, it's a fucking dragon. It's a black dragon. (laughs) So we were like, we were like, we were feeling cocky. So me and the other guy in the team were like, yeah, let's attack him. And all of a sudden this paladin turns on us and starts attacking us.
2: Oh my
1: god.
5: And, and I was like, no, I'm out, this is it, I'm done. So me and yeah. the other guy who got attacked, we both quit that week. So I, I jumped from a couple of groups. But then, um, if anyone has listened to Modified Role, they would know that the group I'm with now, we came together through Rooster Teeth, the YouTube channel. Ah, we all okay. volunteered. Yeah, we all volunteered to be vol- volunteers, funny enough. We all volunteered to be guardians at their first London convention. Ah. So okay. we... Before the convention, we were all on the Guardian forums, and I made a channel, or I made a forum post about, hey, maybe we should get some D&D games going, because Rooster Teeth had just been putting out their own D&D videos called Heroes and Halfwits. Yeah, yeah. And we got a fair, well, actually, I think the first year, I ended up getting enough people interested to run three different games. Nice. But obviously, I wasn't running any of the games. It was literally, I put the forum up and was like, here, show your interest, and if people want to vote to DM, volunteer. Liam, our DM, was the first DM to volunteer. Myself and three other people were the first players to volunteer, so we got our first game going. We had one or two players drop out over the first couple of sessions just because they work, I think it was one fell, his work commitments changed. Oh, and yeah, one usually. Just, yeah. yeah, there's always some shuffling. <laughs> yeah, I think one guy just ghosted us, like just stopped playing, didn't yep. tell anyone. But uh, that first group was myself, Liam, Jen, and the other Jordan. And we enjoyed it that much. And I had been sort of like tinkering with the idea of starting a podcast. So once we sort of settled, I said to the guys that, look, would you like it if I turned this into a podcast? Obviously, it means that you guys will have to record some stuff and it might be a little bit more work as players, but yeah. you know, I'll do most of the work because I'm not going to force you guys to do that. And they said, yeah, let's do that. Over time, Liam brought his dad in like episode 10, I think. And oh, then nice. Jordan brought, Jordan actually approached me outside of game to ask would I run a game for some of his uni friends, because yeah. Liam didn't have time to. Yeah. And I said, yeah, no problem. Uh, his One of the players in that was going to be Pete, who plays Udokus. But then the other guys in his group all fell through. So it was literally just going to be us and the two of them. So we said to Liam, look, instead of me running a game for the two of them, can Pete join us? And that was how Pete joined Modified Role. Nice. So, yeah, so it all just kind of came about because I got bored one day and decided that I had too much free time on my hands and wanted to make a podcast. Nice. nice.
2: Yes, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, for us, it was very much like we just wanted to play D&D and I'd been wanting to really get into the world of podcasting because I'd been listening to a ton of them and I, I'd been DM- DMing for a while and it finally all came to a head and it was like, you know what? If I make them do a podcast, they have to play <laughs> D&D with me every week yeah. or, you know, as, as often as I can get it scheduled. So it very much became a reason for us to constantly, you know, get back together and not yeah. skip
5: weeks and forget about it and things like that. Strangely enough, I hear that a lot from podcasters. Like, oh yeah, we just did it to force people to continue playing. To be fair, it didn't it doesn't it doesn't work out so well for us because we record for about three hours and that makes two episodes. So we can if we if we play for like, you know, three times in a month, that's enough that's enough audio to do us for six episodes. So we're like there have been times where we can go for like two months without playing because like Liam might have exams at uni or you know somebody might be a holiday so it's like there have been times where we've literally come back to the game and gone right what the fuck are we doing
2: yeah no we do the same where we'll we'll take a break over summer and then come back and do a big episode record and dump and then uh take another break uh for like christmas and winter break stuff and then come back in the spring and record a whole bunch more like we've gotten this you know cyclical recording schedule going to where it's like yeah when people want to have the time off we can all have the time off but Mm -hmm. uh so okay if you had to play a ranger what monster would be your favorite enemy and what kind of animal would you have as a companion?
5: I'm not gonna lie. When you sent me this question to prep it through me for a loop,
1: <laughs>
5: just because I, it did make me really sit down and think. Well, most rangers have their favorite enemy because of some like bullshit, you know, history thing and their stories. Like I, I, you know, I hate uh, orcs because they killed my family, yeah. or I hate, or I hate oozes because they killed my family, yeah. <laughs> or uh, I hate demons because they killed my family. <laughs> uh, some bullshit like that, but. uh I say bullshit like that and as I've just taken the piss I've just realised that's pretty much Jordan's backstory (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah it tends to be like they pick the favourite enemy because it's been you know a big thing in their past so I was like well if I I had to come up with something I would probably pick monstrosities because even in a world of D&D where like you know you have magic and you know create strange creatures there's still some things that are so horrible they're just called monstrosities and I was like how much fun would it be to be a monster hunter? (laughs) And if you're going to hunt anything as a monster hunter, it's probably going to be the monstrous ones.
2: (laughs) Yes. Uh, It makes sense.
5: (laughs) Aberrations? No, fuck that. I hunt monsters, mate.
2: I'm just... Just monsters. Only monsters. (laughs) And the most monstrous of them. (laughs) Yeah. Demons? Fuck that. (laughs) Now, what would your companion be?
5: Oh, my companion would probably... Like, I thought... I, it's literally a coin flip between a fox and a raven, just because they're the two animals that be, oh, people always, always if you can have a pet and it could be any animal, it'd be one of those two because ravens are super smart, yeah, and foxes are just so fluffy <laughs> and able
1: to
2: like uh you can curl them up in your in your coat <laughs> in your robes yeah. and just chill
5: with them <laughs> I mean. If I had the if, if someone told me if you killed a man you could have a fox for a pet I I'd give me a gun.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that's all it would take for you. Yeah, I mean,
1: bit,
5: <laughs> no, I get it. I a get little, it. Bit, little bit dark, but I'd ha-
2: yeah, it would happen. No, when I found out that there are there's a few places where they've like domesticated certain types of foxes, it's like
5: I'd live there. Hell yeah, yeah. It, Hell yeah. there's, 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 a, there's a couple in the, U, in the US, actually, and I was yeah. like, do I want to move to the States just to have a pet fox? It's <laughs> you know very close, very close. Uh,
2: so what other tabletop role-playing game or general podcast uh, do you think more people need to listen to?
5: <sighs> now, I know you're aware that as part of Running Modified Role, I've always made it a very big part of our podcast to support other podcasts. Yes. As, as part of that, I spend way too much of my time listening to other podcasts. <laughs> I think the last, I think the last time I checked, I'm up to date. Well, uh, until some personal issues came up recently, I was up to date on a roughly 30 or so podcasts, I think. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And I, and I was like trying to catch up on three or four more. So I, trying to pick like my favorites on that list more often, it's whatever ones I can remember off the top of my head. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> the ones I always come back to like my two favourite ones to sit down and just have a laugh are Second Best They group of comedians You, I cannot sit through an episode without laughing Hit Dice, just because they're such a good story but they're also, like, the guys are just really funny who play it, it's yeah, an enjoyable Hit listen Hit Dice
2: is very good uh,
5: If I want to be sickened by talent I'll listen to Bombarded because yeah, yeah like I play a bard and it's I play a bard literally because I have no musical talent in real life <laughs> so listening to three people who playing a, three people playing bards because they are musically talented is sickening Yeah, but they're su- they're such lovely guys like I've chatted with them a few times and they're so so lovely uh, for something that isn't d D, uh, Lovely Craftians top of my list, uh, playing Call of Cthulhu. Those ladies are phenomenal. They're telling such a good story. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan
2: of lo- Lovely Craftians.
5: Oh, they're brilliant. Uh, we actually, ex- I don't know if you did as well. We guested on their, uh, well, we have guested with Cass to do one of their birthday episodes, but it hasn't come out yet. So oh, I'm not nice. spoiling too much. But we played a little, like, all of us from Modified Rule Bar Jen went and played a bit of Call of Cthulhu with Cass. Hell yeah. So I I can't wait for that to come out. She said, uh, I played an old prospector, and she said that some of the stuff I've used has now gone into her (laughs) day-to-day vernacular. (laughs) Nice. No, that's awesome. I'm definitely not not looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Something that's a bit more... uh, I love these guys to pieces, but they need to stop producing so much content. Uh, Alignment Unknown they put out two episodes a week. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I fell way behind with them a while back because they just... (laughs) It's so daunting keeping up with them sometimes.
5: (laughs) It's just one of those ones where it's like, luckily each episode's a fairly easy listen, so it's like, I feel like I have to stay updated with them just because they've been so friendly to us. Actually, uh, part of your... So you've sent me through the questions already. Part of your next question has to do with we're doing a live show with them, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, actually, let's uh, uh, let's get right into it. Um, where well, I will we... say, I, oh. I want to th- throw in the last two, which was Sacrosanct, because I've just picked them up and their editing is fantastic, and Ballad of the Seven Dice, because they are just oh, such yeah. lovely people. I haven't heard of Sacrosanct, but
2: uh, yeah, Ballad of the Seven Dice, they're, they're amazing. Well,
5: sacrosanct's actually quite, well, I say relatively new, I think they're up to, let me check my list. I'm just pulling up on the phone here to see how many episodes they have out. I think it's around ten or so. I can't you. Are. Actually, no, nearly twenty now. I am falling behind. Oh wow! Uh, they they're just shy of twenty episodes. So they they only started coming out uh, end of last year, I think. Ah, okay. But they they didn't really do a lot of like social media boosting. But they're in a they're in a group, a Discord group with a couple of other podcasters. Uh, which I'll need to make sure I'll send you get, get you involved in because I don't know if you're on it yet. Oh, hell yeah. But uh, uh, they're in that, so I that's where I saw, like, found out about them. So, like, I've been trying to boost them a little bit. They were actually our last recommended podcast, okay. I think. Or was it, yeah. that might have been the week before, actually. But Definitely. they're very good, I, I very much enjoy know. them. Yeah. I think the editing they put into that is just phenomenal. So, it's, just, it's, it's a good listen. Nice. Nice. But yeah, if people, if people do want to see more of the podcasts that we're enjoying, like check out our website we have a friends tab on the website that lists all the podcasts i've been listening to or plan on listening to
2: oh perfect perfect um so uh, uh, that's actually a pretty good segue-, segue uh where can people find you on social media world wide web um and do you have any projects you want to
5: promote endorse yeah uh, our website is just modifiedrule.com and you can find us on twitter at modified I don't really use. I, I know Jen set us up a Facebook, but we don't really use it very often because Facebook is the devil. Yeah, Yep. yeah. <laughs> and we don't really take enough photos to be on Instagram yet, but we'll see. Same For man. now, we're just on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> we're just on Twitter currently. But we're like, I run the Twitter account, so I'm very active on it. So if people want to come on and chat to us, I'm very quick to respond. Normally, yes, you are. Uh, you know, <clears throat> yeah. The biggest constraint is the time zone difference, but uh, other than that. Uh, our main po- our main projects, obviously, the podcast itself, modified rule. Uh, I was just chatting with Liam there the other day. We're actually hoping to. Uh, anyone who listens to us knows that we don't really have a running narrative. Like, we're not sitting down to tell a story with you know, start, middle, and end. We're playing an old fashioned homebrew open world D anD D game, yeah. where we can run away from as many plot points as we like.
1: <laughs>
5: so. uh We don't really have a point where we can say, okay, this is the end of a story arc, but we're hoping to come to a point where we can finish off what we're going to call season one and start season two, which will be a good jumping in point because I'll be the first person to admit our first five or six episodes, I had never started. I had never done audio editing before. They are shockingly bad. Yeah, no, ours are not great either.
2: I think a lot of, you know, indie podcasts are very much the first, you know, Four or five episodes before you get the hang of really editing and audio leveling properly yeah. are a bit rough. Well,
5: <laughs> yeah, since we've started, we've actually we've picked a couple of us have picked up new mics. Uh, Liam, our DM, picked up a condenser mic. Jordan's picked up a condenser mic. We started a Patreon recently, so with that, we're going to have our first Patreon funded mic come in soon. Nice. So I'm hoping I'm hoping by the time we start season two. Five out of the six of us will be on condenser mics instead of using headset mics, which most of them have been doing up till now.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it makes yeah, a big so, difference. <sighs> I mean, when we switched from, like, room mic to individual mics to dynamic mics, it was a huge difference at each step. Oh, it's like, it's,
5: it's like night and day. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're hoping to have that. We're hoping to have that at some point in the summer. Well. Will in recording terms, we'll hopefully have that in the next couple of months. In terms of episodes, it'll probably be towards the end of the summer.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's always uh, how it goes. <laughs> yeah.
5: Outside of the podcast itself, uh, we are hoping to. Well, I say hoping to. We're guesting on a live show with alignment unknown. Their, uh, their DM and a couple. Their uh, I think two, if not one, of their players work at the Y Theater in Vestner. Hmm, okay. So they have convinced their bosses to put on a D day. So they're gonna be running some tables with uh little one-shot games. I think they might be doing some like you know, character building classes as well. I say think because we ha we haven't received a lot of detail on it yet. Yeah. <laughs> What I do know is in the evening, uh, the modified roll crew, Sam's Jen, because unfortunately she couldn't fly in from Texas for this, uh, will be playing in a one-shot game with the Alignment Unknown guys in the evening. I think we're calling it Modifiers Unknown.
2: Nice. <laughs> nice. So, uh,
5: yeah, well, I, I would like to take the credit from that, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, their uh, DM, St- uh, Steve, came up with that one. Yeah, that's but, no, that's you know, awesome. <laughs> On the off chance that any of your listeners are based in the UK, like ours are, and uh, if you're in the East Midlands, uh, check out our web. Well, check out our Twitter feed, I think, or check out Alignment Unknowns Twitter feed to get some details for our live show.
2: Perfect, perfect.
5: One little one little thing that is in the works. Uh, I haven't got a lot of details on it yet because, like I said, personal life issues have sort of course, stepped in the way of me organising it. But I am trying to organise a UK TTRPG charity live stream for the end of the summer. Oh, awesome! If we get enough. uh interest i might be opening it up to a weekend long one with some u.s pods involved as well so uh watch your emails for an invite to that
2: definitely for sure that sounds exciting as hell <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh yeah i need to get a lot of the details i out about that first so uh keep uh you know keep an eye on our twitter definitely so get some more information definitely awesome well thank you so much for joining us
2: <clears throat> today and playing with us and like i said we'll definitely have you back on in the future
5: <laughs> i love it and, yeah, thanks for having me. Like, uh, like I said, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I actually picked you guys up relatively early, and uh, have been loving you ever since.
2: Awesome. Thank you're, you, man.
5: You're, also, you're in my top three uh, intro, intro music pods.
2: Oh, thank
1: you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, how'd you like the change in season two? I I liked it. Like, I, I couldn't even put my finger on what exactly was... You know, well, I know I I could tell it was different, but I couldn't put my my finger on what made it sound so new. But it was like I really enjoyed it. I redid the, you know, the the beginning wording part, but then what I did was
2: I took the song and uh, right about the point where I stopped talking, every like ten or not every ten seconds, but like certain interval, it starts to get slower by about ten percent. Yeah, until it's just almost starting to get like unrecognizable and glitched out and weird because i wanted to give this feeling of this new season being a lot more like dark weird like last season ended
5: on a pretty bleak note (laughs) yeah so i wanted to prepare people for it it's like i said previously i have no musical talent whatsoever so i was like this is different i like it i couldn't tell you how it's different (laughs) but i like it yeah i
2: just fucked around with it till i i felt like yeah, this seems kind of creepy and weird. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's been great being on. I really enjoyed playing with you guys, and it's... It, I think everyone who plays d d knows it's nice to come in and play a high-level character and just fuck things up. Fuck house, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I love about having guests on.
2: <laughs> but, alright, so uh, let's get back to the episode, and until next time, bye, everybody! Bye! And now, a word from our sponsors.
3: Greetings, interstellar travelers from Point Zero Star, a sci-fi RPG adventure with five humble Canadians as your hosts. Follow the crew of the Mary Shelley, Vinyl Flyway, Kays, Nix Nedra, and the daring captain rust duckers they're just trying to earn some thread and stay under the radar but things haven't worked out that way so far look for point zero star on itunes or wherever you receive podcast transmissions
2: Podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous, and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting, which is probably the most important part of podcasting, because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere, nobody's ever going to hear it. (laughs) And... We went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show and while we had pretty good experiences with all of them, we found that Shortwave is the best fit for our show. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone not just professionals and as we are sponsored by shortwave uh you can go ahead and go over to their website www.goshortwave.com to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on shortwave which includes show and episode level listener analytics embeddable episode players unlimited upload and download bandwidth and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips all in your browser again you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14 day trial of everything that shortwave has to offer shortwave the platform for adaptive podcasting
3: welcome to queer
1: dungeoneers
2: this is an unbearable experience if someone was listening to this they would say this is pure silliness
4: I'm going to turn into a really big cow moo
0: it is baramos of the fourth circle Free me from this orb!
3: Do you have Baramos in your bag? No. You can tell me if you've got Baramos in your bag. No, I've got rations. You've got Baramos in your bag! Oh my god. Nim, what have you done?
4: Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. Get it now! I am great and nothing can hurt me.
2: Hey everybody, it's your DM, Andrew. I'm here to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, LibrisArcana.com. They are a dice service that does monthly subscription boxes with dice in them. Every month you subscribe to them and you get a new set of dice. Their dice are amazingly designed and some of the prettiest dice we've seen. We were very lucky to secure a sponsorship with them. So what they'll be doing for us is if you go on Libras Arcana and subscribe to their monthly dice service, uh, you can get 20% off your first month subscription by using the code beholder at checkout. Once again, get on there, get your first month subscription, and you'll get 20% off with the code beholder. Put it in at checkout and you'll be good to go. The three of you Boris Barry and Wraith, you discuss your plans for how you're going to execute this theft, basically. This highway robbery.
4: Fetch Quest, I think, is what he called it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that right, Wraith? I believe it has a certain ring to it, yeah.
5: I quite like that as well.
2: But as you, you finish up your discussion on how you're going to do this, you immediately set out. As you come out of this tunnel from the protectorate's uh, base in the catacombs. You enter into the forests in the outside of Salandrian, outside the walls of Salandrian. And this area that you come into is a, kind of a small clearing with several, you know, which trailer you're supposed to take. So you all start to to follow it. And as you do, I'm going to need everybody to make a stealth and survival check because I would assume... You're all trying to be chill and not announce your presence. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, 13 on stealth.
5: Uh, my stealth was 22. Survival, unfortunately, was only a six. I'm more used to navigating the seas. Survival's uh, 18 for me.
3: Boris is uh, stealth was 10, and his survival was a not one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh no! <laughs> I'll lead the way, guys.
2: Okay, so yeah, Boris.
4: But luckily, Boris, I'm wearing, no, where are you going? I just changed my leather armor for robes, so <laughs> what Look possibly could pictures. go wrong?
0: Where are you going, Boris? Look at the pictures. <laughs> Barry immediately
4: takes the lead. I'm and- going to die right now, and I'm going to be looking into Barry's one beautiful eye. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: Which one is that?
2: Barry and Wraith immediately realize that Boris should probably be at the back of the pack.
0: don't want to lose him, though.
5: I mean, I wasn't much better, so I think I'll stand next to him. Okay. (laughs) I'm completely silent, but I have no idea where I'm going. And Wraith, you're actually able, you
2: and Barry together are able to get you guys navigated through the forest and into position alongside this road with reasonable guile and Forrest strays off the path a few times trying to <laughs> say like oh no i think we're supposed to go over
4: here guys. well i'm insisting and i'm looking and i'm like no it's definitely over here lads. definitely Return
0: the map oh oh
4: oh yes, oh, yes right <laughs> i see what i did there mm-hmm. Thank God for you,
1: guys!
4: (laughs) The, uh, intelligence that you have,
0: you
2: know that you guys are gonna have to wait there for a good, you know, 15 to 20 minutes before this caravan
5: is kinda scheduled to come through. Um… Do we know, sort of, the the idea of the size of the caravan? Is it just like a wooden wagon, or is it gonna be like a… like a tank? from the
2: the intelligence that you have the carriage that is carrying the magical staff itself is just a pretty standard wagon with a couple of horses uncovered it's going to be in a box in the back of it but the best estimates that they could get from their their sources is that there's going to be at least you know 10 to 15 guys with this and possibly a few creatures i'm scared
4: I didn't read on page two of the plan. I didn't say that
2: <laughs> there. Creatures. Just to let you guys in a little secret, his character's level fifteen. So.
5: Yeah, I'm just looking at my spell list <laughs> thinking, I don't know if I want to completely derail your story, but I could. There's something something I can do which will just completely fuck everything for you and make our lives so it's, easy. Oh, something like oh, this, like, like a like a a in, I wish there's like yeah. a spell
3: in a spell in D and D right now. that's just like caravan gone. <laughs> Disappear caravan. <I> mean, <laughs> I mean, whenever
1: the party it it might a as well be of fifteen it, feet.
5: It, it might as well be called that.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but as you guys are uh Oh, it'd have to be called caravanish.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Who needs <next> to replay? <laughs> we, <did> <laughs> we did it, everybody. <laughs>
5: That's it. Shut it down. Like just remember no I have <laughs> Just remember, I have eight level spell slots available. Oh, jeez.
2: So, yeah, as you guys are kind of crouching in the bushes waiting for this caravan to come along, um, preparing yourselves for battle, after, you know, about 10, 15 minutes, the caravan comes into sight, and you can see down the road um, that there... It looks like there's at least 20 guys surrounding this. um, And sitting in the driver's seat of the wagon itself though is a very tall almost 7 foot tall by your estimation orc he is covered in battle scars seems to be one of the hardest motherfuckers walking the planet Uh, (laughs) just by the look of him and as he gets closer Wraith you recognize this guy the last time that you saw him was when he decimated your crew and threw you
5: off your own ship. So you guys are friends. You guys, whenever I see he comes into view, you guys can see like when I when my my move, my hair is like the color of a thundercloud, like it's deep, deep blue like tinged with purple. And you can see like lightning crackling through it at the minute as I'm just glaring at this person. I'll tell you this much for nothing, lads when somebody turns the sails of your ship into human skin it doesn't move very fast and i've a score to settle with that one at the front
4: right yeah we've all been there um the old <laughs> the old losing
1: <coughs> <coughs> the sails to a human
4: do you know swifty by any chance yeah
0: you know i mean I haven't actually been pushed off my ship, but like metaphorically speaking, if you talk to my previous party members, I know exactly what you're talking about.
4: This, this one ship you'll always be allowed on, Barry. The if friendship. If you say I kill <laughs> Uh oh, he's got level eight spells. I'm running away. <laughs> oh, he's got a gun.
5: <laughs> now the ship I don't mind so much about. It's the crew that he took with him.
0: That's the friendship he was talking about, actually. Again, I'll kill you.
2: And as they get closer, Wraith, you see that about half of this contingent of guards uh, that is surrounding the wagon appears to be your undead crew.
5: How far away are they from us?
2: At the moment, they are about 40 feet away.
5: From the center of the... Is it just the one carriage or is there multiple carriages? So it's just
2: the one carriage. Uh, There's about five guys on each side of the carriage, like flanking it, five guys in front, five guys in back.
5: So you would say that the total the carriage plus all the people are within a 50-foot sort of cylinder? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Specifically a cylinder. (laughs) Yes. It's
3: always a good sign. Boris is looking for the next stage on the plan where it says, watch Wraith annihilate something. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Point three. Uh, Wraith just steps out into the center of the road. And before they can react, just points at the orc at the front and says, I owe you some payback, friend. And he casts Reverse Gravity centered on the carriage. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh,
2: shit. Okay, uh, do I have to save for that? Like, what...
5: (laughs) I'll I'll read it out to you. All right. Uh, this spell reverses gravity in a 50-foot radius, 100-foot high cylinder centered on a point within range. The range is 100 feet. All creatures and objects that aren't somehow anchored to the ground in that area fall upward and reach the top of the area when you cast the spell. A creature can make a dexterity saving throw to grab onto a fixed object it can reach thus avoiding the fall. I will point out, you said that the orc was driving the carriage? Yes. Yeah, he's nothing to grab onto yeah, but the he's carriage. He's
2: screwed for sure. <laughs>
5: If some solid object, such as a ceiling, is encountered in this fall, falling objects and creatures strike it as they would during a normal downward fall. If an object or creature reaches the top of the area without striking anything, it remains there, oscillating slightly for the duration. At the end of the duration, affected objects and creatures fall back down. The duration is concentration for one minute. While they're sort of like raising into the air, I sort of beckon for the other two to come out of our ambush point.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, So what I'm going to do, I'm going to make four... Dexterity checks for the groups of soldiers surrounding it. Mm -hmm. The way this is happening, so they're on the road. It's in the woods. There is trees directly on either side of the road. The road itself is about 15 to 20 feet wide in most places. And where you catch them, so I mean they're kind of, you know, skirting along the side of this wagon almost in single mm-hmm. file, so you're catching all of them, but you're also kind of throwing the ones up on the on the sides into the trees, and the ones in the front and back kind of straight up, but the ones I in mean, the front and older... back are going to try and <laughs> I guess, grab onto it, the ground.
3: How fast are they being pushed up? It's,
5: it's a normal falling speed. speed. It's, it's literally reverse gravity, so they're falling up you at the same up. speed you would fall. So they're falling yeah. up
0: 300 feet, and then they're going to fall
5: back down. 100 feet, it's 100 feet. 100 feet,
3: oh, okay. Okay, well, as uh, Boris gets a sense of what's going on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> real quick,
5: real quick.
2: I just rolled two fours, a two, and an eight. So I don't uh, think nice. any of those save. They've all got to
5: go uh, up. Can yeah. I also just point out, that wasn't my level eight spell.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, all this wagon all of these soldiers uh that orc that's sitting on the wagon they immediately shoot up about a hundred feet into the air the soldiers on the sides are kind of blasted through the trees as this happens they come up a little bit slower because they're banging into tree branches uh and i'm gonna say that both groups on either side take well, they take the damage on the way up 10 damage a piece and it just bang in through the trees and does this So when they hit the top of the 100 feet, does that cause the same damage as if they fell 100
5: feet? They only take damage if they... Hit something, so they just sort of like bob, like you know, like as if they were sitting in a pool of water. They sort of bob up at the top, but they okay. can't move.
4: So yeah, the two groups on the sides took damage. All right, Boris. Boris has a couple of ideas. He sees everyone's flying up high into the sky, and he's got a, a new spell he's been working on named Wall of Force. Okay, uh, and that can create a horizontal or vertical uh, wall up to 100 feet by 10 feet of vertical <laughs> of, of just force. Okay, so. Uh, he's not sure. I don't. I don't think really it would damage them if they hit uh, at high velocity, hundred feet in the air. So they've fallen essentially hundred feet onto a solid object. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> really I'm not sure force. that's quite how the spell's meant. So I'm going to let the DM decide whether I place it below them. So when they come back down, now they're just stuck in the sky. No, I like whether- the idea.
2: I like the idea that you see the. The guy's lifting off the ground and starting to accelerate up, and you just immediately cast this, like, solid floor above
4: them right. for them
0: all to slam yeah, into. Ju- well, just uh, make sure they don't take fall damage from it, right?
4: Just right at the top, though, you know, because <laughs> yeah. i got a 120-foot range, We're so 100, 100, 100 You said it's 100 <laughs> feet, so I'll just guess around 95. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, uh, if something slams into it, what do they have to make, like, a, a check, or do they just take damage?
3: I mean, that's the thing. It's not really a. It's more of a. It's meant as just a divider. Well, we'll take it so. as
2: um, falling damage. In so, what is that? It's because
3: um, of the reverse, the reverse gravity with it would hurt, right?
2: Yeah, it's one d ten per ten feet, right? Yeah. So that's ten d ten. Wait,
3: one d six. One d six. So that's
2: ten d six.
3: Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, a wall of force should do some damage. But then they're going to be being squashed against it, right? Because there's—I rever- mean—that is gravity now. So if anything, they could be upside down.
5: Because now, that's yeah, well, that's floor. the thing. Because it's just because it's just reverse gravity. They're just hitting it as if they yeah. like If you—if I removed the spell, it will be the same thing as them falling. And, yeah, it's yeah, it be the thing. same thing. <laughs> you
1: cut
2: them
4: up and down.
2: That's what I like—I like it. That's what I like it. So, here we go it's a lot of dice to count. Oh my god, that's some fives, <laughs> some sixes. <laughs> 38 points of damage for the entire party. Uh this also I'm smashes. really
0: glad you guys you guys decided to go with us to help you on this.
5: I what uh, what I see him do that, I do look at Horus and say, "Nice one, lads. I've not seen someone
4: use that with my spell before."
5: Mind you, when you're lifting a ship out of the water, you don't really tend
4: to get a lot of people joining in. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly how you mean. I don't, yeah.
2: <laughs> but as this happens, the, the wagon that that orc is riding on, uh, he is… like, it is smashed into this wall, and the wagon itself just kind of splinters apart. But the case, this, like, chest that is holding this magic item, bangs in, to the wall of force and seems to kind of crack but doesn't open all the way. And the orc that was riding on there is thrown to the side up in the air, upside down. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Barry, I'm going to give you an opportunity for an action and then we're going to roll initiative.
0: They're back on the ground now after they dropped?
5: No, no, no. No, they're still I here. I have to stop the spell. He's
0: got concentration <laughs> for they a minute. He's just stuck there. So, the <laughs> I mean, they've,
5: uh, they've, they've slammed into
0: Boris' wall on of force. Black,
3: so, yeah, it depends. Though.
0: Um, I mean, that's all out of my range, really. Most of my shit's 60 feet.
1: <laughs> so,
0: uh, I guess I'm going to take a pull off of my bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a nice deep
4: drink. Yeah. I knew the real Barry was still in there. So, yeah, everybody roll me initiative.
5: <laughs> uh, 18 for Wraith. that one. <clears throat> Seven.
0: I had a really long pull off of my booze. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're like,
3: my job's done here. <laughs>
2: Okay, so when these guys are like floating up in this uh, anti-grav field, are they able to do anything to get themselves out of it, or are they just kind of stuck up there?
5: Well, as far as, well, if they had just been on no surface at all, I would assume that they would just bob there, because there's there's nothing to move themselves off of, it's essentially the levitate spell, they can't move themselves without a force they interact with, but with the wall... Like, they could stand upside down and walk on the wall of force, I think, but as soon as they leave my spell radius, they'll fall. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it'd be like they're standing on the ceiling.
5: Good point. Uh, so this... Dancing on the ceiling.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this... This orc... Yeah, they so th- it's th- they stand there and down. fire a
5: bow or something, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, this orc
2: gets up and goes to the back of the wagon upside down in the air and tries to start pulling the, the chest from the Somewhat wreckage of this wagon. Oh, and the horses are freaking the fuck out.
3: Oh, there's something I could do. They can't decide
2: uh, if they want to be upside down or right side up, and they're just (laughs) neighing and like.
3: Because of my school of evocation, I could actually, if the chest is kind of obviously visible, I could actually carve a hole in my wall of force because that's an evocation, and then the chest would still fly through with his gravity, so they wouldn't be able to get to it. Just gonna bubble up. (laughs)
1: No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I, but no, I, he, I he goes and he tries to
2: start pulling it from the wreckage. Uh, and then, uh, Wraith, it's your turn.
5: When I see him moving, I shout up to him. Well, to be fair, I, did I take it everyone survived that? Did any of, the, any of my old crew die or anything? Uh, well, they're already all undead. The uh, uh, well, I mean, did they die again? Yeah, because that's going to determine what I do with my next spell.
2: The guards uh, seem to be pretty fucked up, but none of them are dead seem to be dead. They're all moving and kind of trying to pick themselves up. Um, There's not a blue fire breathing dragon in the but, distance is there? No. <laughs> the ones that aren't undead... Because my uh, war will not stand a chance. ...look pretty bloodied. The undead ones seem to just shake it off. Uh, but a few of them lose arms and chunks of themselves and things like that. So
3: they're slightly more armless. <laughs> yeah. It's slow, it's They've been the
5: disarmed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I yell up to the orcs like, Right, you scar-faced bastard. You took my crew from me and I'll be fucking damned if you're using them against me now. And you guys see like, lightning shooting off of me and I'm casting my level 8 spell. Well, this is pretty. This is nice. I, I hold up my hand and like clench a fist towards him and brilliant sunlight flashes in a 60-foot radius centered on a point I choose, which is directly on that orc.
1: <laughs> at this
3: point by the way Boris just <coughs> stops looks over and pulls out a pair of Ray-Bans from his uh... <laughs> and puts and them me, on creatures civilians... places them on men in black style
5: <laughs>
0: this is why civilians shouldn't have access to nukes
4: yeah
5: because is... <laughs> I, I might get pissed off yeah. each creature in the light must make a constitution saving throw on a field save it takes I'll tell you how much it takes when once you rolled plus I'm hold on I'm using my uh, meta magic. I'm spending three oh. meta magic points. I'm spending three sorcerer points to use heightened spell to give the orc disadvantage. Oh. <laughs> you, should, you should see AJ's face. Oh right now. no! Also, also, <laughs> undead have disadvantage. Fuck. Oh, undead have
2: disadvantage. Yep. Oh yeah, no, those first rolls are a two and a four. That's way worse than that. Uh whoops. Um so one gr- the the living group of soldiers
5: saves. Wait, what's your DC? Oh, so I probably should have told you that. My spell save DC is twenty. Yeah,
2: no, they don't. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> None of them save. The orc originally rolled a nat twenty, by the way.
5: Oh the, the made it a ten. <laughs> Fuck it.
2: Oh, so did uh, (laughs) when I re-rolled for disadvantage on the undead. Uh, One of them was a nat 20 as well, but the first one was a two.
5: I actually didn't know there was going to be undead in this. I just kind of (laughs) picked it because it went with the pirate theme.
2: That's perfect.
5: Yeah, so...
2: This blinding blast of sunshine just annihilates pretty much Everyone in this circle, the undead are
5: turned. Can I roll my damage? Oh yeah, go ahead.
2: (laughs) I'm sure it's. uh, It's, I'm
5: sorry. I mean, it's it's the best part of the spell. Yeah, (laughs) because it's also funny. You say blinded because everyone who fields, if they survive this, will be blinded for a minute. If blinded by the light. If they survive because it is twelve d six. Holy shit. Forty-nine damage as they are engulfed in sunlight.
3: Boris is looking at this like even, he's even got his hand over like the top of. He's got the sunglasses on, but he's got his, his his hand over the top of his glasses as well to try and shield himself like a visor from the bright. And then he looks, yeah. him, squints, and looks over at Barry. who's kind of squinting and drinking, Which and is, he looks. And at him, I also
0: have my half visor on. Yeah,
3: okay, okay.
4: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already need half an eye.
5: When the sun, when the sunlight appears. Wraith just starts screaming yeah. into the night.
4: They're root, they're root in your eye is twinkling, Barry. And I look at it <laughs> I at him and I go Wow, I think that's about forty nine damage. <laughs> if I had to put a That on it, forty
1: nine damage looks like. That's about forty
4: nine <laughs> damage, Barry. Oh
5: wow. I'm actually a little bit annoyed because the last dice roll was a 1. If it had been a 2, it would have been 50.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh,
3: yeah, basically everybody is obliterated. At this point, Bodice uh, dispels his previous spell. Oh, Hell yeah. You and you fall
5: back to the
0: ground.
2: And now got the
3: yeah, once, that, once, the ground. I, see that,
5: once <laughs> I see that they're all gone, I dispel reverse gravity so everything just well, falls again.
2: They're not all gone. Oh. Uh, the only one that makes it out is the orc. Uh, he, as he falls to the ground about halfway down, you can not Actually hold
5: on, hold on. If I I saw his, sorry, just, if he is still alive before I drop him, I'll, like, I'll sort of pant a little bit and say, right, now, let's get started for real, and I'll release the spell and let him fall. Hell yes. Uh, this is fucking
2: badass. Uh, but as he's I'm about a halfway down, pirate. you see, like, as he's falling through the air, he's kind of struggling. His body's burnt up pretty good, and he looks pretty gnarled, but he he's trying to break into this box, this chest, as he's falling, and about halfway down he does, and he pulls this magical staff out, and suddenly there's another flash of of blinding light and... Glasses back on. (laughs) Uh, I was just starting to take him off and everything. Wraith, you see straight through it because this is electrical light and it's the same kind of lightning that, you know, crackles off of you constantly. uh, And you're kind of in tune with it and you see him in the middle, like holding the staff up, slowly floating to the ground. Uh, As he reaches the ground... A shockwave kind of bursts out from him. Uh, I'm gonna need everybody to make a dexterity save. What's a 24 for me?
3: ha! <laughs> 20. Nat 20? No, not not a nat 20. Oh, just a straight 20.
5: 14 plus 3, 17.
2: Nice. Uh, you are all able to stay on your feet. Uh, Wraith, just you're able to just barely like you almost get knocked over, but are able to kind of stagger forward and keep yourself upright. And you see that his body, though burnt up and nasty-looking, is now crackling (coughs) with this electrical energy. He kind of screams out loudly, uh, and, Boris, it's your turn.
3: So this guy's on the floor now, this orc, screaming?
2: Yeah, he's starting to charge towards you guys.
3: Okay, uh, Boris is going to uh, pick up his warhammer and put it lateral and then, like... Just kind of put his hand over the focused on one side, and then bring it up and slam it on the ground, and a blue sphere is going to jet out of it towards uh, this orc coming at him. It's a level—it's uh, my level six spell, which is
4: Boris's best spell. Which he thought was all right until he saw someone else cast a level eight spell. <laughs>
3: And uh, this is uh, Otto Luke's freezing sphere, which oh, uh, okay. goes straight at him. Is another, it's, it's another, uh, another sixty-foot radius <clears throat> sphere of f- just freezing cold energy. Okay. Um, and the creature has to do a Constitution saving throw. That's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. That's good because then I don't have to look to make sure.
1: So <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. So that is. Uh, 10d6 bristles, so... An empowered evil. Oh, I didn't need that. Okay, yeah, so 10d6. So.
5: I should have asked, is this taking place in the daytime or the nighttime?
2: Uh, I like nighttime, because you already said yeah, into the well, night. So <laughs> yeah, so
5: that... What people would have seen, essentially, is a miniature sun light up the countryside. Yes. So 100 feet in the air.
3: That's 28 damage, cold damage. Oof. Damn,
2: all right. Uh, his right arm freezes solid and falls off. Uh, and now he's just carrying this crackling staff by, by his left hand. Uh, but it doesn't seem to really have phased him, but I mean a very large chunk of, his,
0: of him is missing now. Uh,
2: Barry, it's your turn. I'm
0: going to look at him and I'm like, hey, so homie here wants you dead, man, so I guess you're just <laughs> not gonna make it through this.
1: <laughs> he didn't even want anything from you. He just he's wants about, you
0: dead. He's about twenty feet away and he just keeps screaming at you as he's running towards you guys. Uh well I mean, while he's running, you know, and not paying attention to me, do I have advantage on or does he have disadvantage on the deck save he needs to make right now? No. Well, he needs to make a deck save regardless. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: That's a It's nice, gonna be a 13. Oh, yeah, there's not gonna fails
0: it. <laughs> As I cast disintegrate. Oh, because I just got that. Shit, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah.
4: Was, <laughs> mm. Blinded by the lights. And then disintegrated.
1: <laughs>
2: then Frozen and then Disintegrated. <laughs> so, 29 plus
0: songs. 40 for 69, Dan. Ah, oh, nice! What? Yes! Nice, nice,
2: nice. What?
0: <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! We did it again! That's
2: about my montage! That's what the fourth time this episode that we've ended podcasts as a medium? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, shit. So, uh, he gets take really, 69 fucking... I mean...
2: I was gonna have him survive really whatever it was, by but this that's point just or. too nice. Yeah. <coughs> what? What were you? Oh, you disintegrating it? I
0: disintegrated yeah. it. I don't know what kind of damage that equates to. But, oh, how it's does forced. this
2: look? How does? How does oh, it how look does that- coming out of you?
0: Uh, it comes out as a solid black beam from the palm of my out of my eye.
4: Nice. <laughs> I used to be scared of battery in his eye, but now I've seen him do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: know, it if, it's enough, if it's enough to kill him, then he uh, turns into a pile of dust.
5: Yeah. Uh, so does every everything he's carrying or wearing, except magic items.
0: Yes.
2: yes.
3: So the only thing left is this stick <laughs> on top of a pile of dust. Forest takes his shades off and just puts them on Barry. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's very good. Raith, Raith just turns to both of you and said. Have you boys ever considered a life as a privateer? I could do with some men like you when I get my ship back. Actually, yeah, I think we're going up for that.
0: I'm uh, trying to get my ship back together, too. At least in my daily life.
5: <laughs> Rafe laughs and, like, slaps you on the back. Yeah. Right, let's get this bloody stick back to the protectorate and get to the bar, then.
0: I, uh, I agree. I
2: So... As uh, as you retrieve the stick, uh, you see that it is carved with very intricate runes. Um, and as as the three of you check it out, uh, both Wraith and Boris—I forgot your name for a minute—both Wraith, <laughs> Wraith and Boris, uh, I'm going to need you guys to make Arcana checks to kind of check it out. You can too, as well, Wes. But I I'm can plus give eight you two a, to
5: Arcana. Uh, disadvantage. I'm not. I got it. Yeah. I got a six. I got twenty-five.
4: Nope. nope. I got a five.
3: (laughs) 25.
4: Some things I'm actually slightly better at than the
3: better (laughs) (laughs) character. I don't actually so say I mean, that out loud. I don't, that's just in my mind. Because if I said it out loud, I think I'd be dead. by But like, I mean, I am a pirate. I pay people to do this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but Boris, you're
2: able to identify this. Uh, I mean, you guys can all see that it is a uh, almost six foot long bow staff.
4: This is clearly uh, a six foot long bow staff. <laughs> and you, I see that.
2: But Boris, you you identify the runes carved into them at, uh, or carved into it as. Um, Ancient symbols for channeling air and electricity.
4: See, if you look here, Barry, uh, neatly at these roots, they are ancient symbols, and I believe we're channeling. Um, yeah, it's definitely the the, the air energy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the air energy. It's gonna make you laugh every time you do this shit. You son of a bitch. The ancient god of energy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's canon now.
5: Air energy, you don't say. Rhea suddenly gets a very contemplative look on his face when he eyes up the
1: staff.
4: <laughs> it's one of the old gods, not one of the I new ones. I assume
0: my, my fake eye in really close. It'll just rest <laughs> it on the
4: staff.
2: Okay. It's not a rob- a robot eye. It's not a robot eye. <laughs> don't
4: cross the roads!
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, so you guys you
2: guys retrieve this magical stick uh this magical lightning stick and bring it back to the protectorate and as you do uh you are being debriefed by Jefferson and Tamash No it's just uh by Jefferson and Tamash and they're they're taking a look at this and Tamash is, is kind of tracing the runes with his fingers and he looks up at you guys and he says you know I think this might be perfect for
0: for Lazy. Uh eh,
1: I don't yeah.
4: know. You sure you don't want to sell it? She's not really
0: combat efficient. I mean, I guess if you, if she really needs another like something to make her more combat efficient, I'm not going to disagree with you. But I'm sure there's a better fighter that could make better use of that.
4: Here. I mean, pretty much anyone else who. Uh, I would say. Wraith pops out his chest a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Wraith could do with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what can't Wraith do? <laughs> all right. If you see this man without an all powerful air uh, staff. As well. Imagine what he could do with an all powerful air uh, staff.
0: He yeah. Yeah. Uh, might uh, get arrogant, though.
2: Ooh. I got it. Wait, uh, Damash says, well, I mean, Lazy is a. a m- A monk, and Wraith is a
5: sorcerer, um...
0: He's without a ship, he needs a walking stick.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I, unfortunately, I think Tomash makes a good point. Besides, I think I have a few more missions to go on that require a little bit more subtlety than tonight. Unfortunately, I let my emotions get the better of me when I saw that scar-faced bastard Ork again. Now, normally, our missions are normally a little bit more
4: quiet than that.
0: Well, I mean, it was hard to hear them. They were like 100 feet in the air. Very
4: true. <laughs> Very true. Well, either way, I thought that we, uh, you... <laughs> we, From the top, tech two. We integrated quite well <clears throat> as a party. Disintegrated? Before they disintegrated. <laughs> <in> place. Yes. <laughs> Good work, undercut this yeah. shit out
1: of his show. <laughs>
3: to make that work. But.
4: Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't, uh-huh. If you
3: just said uh oh, we disintegrated well, that wouldn't make any sense.
2: <laughs> Tamash kind of just standing there, looking at the three of you, is like, well, you guys seem to get along pretty well. Okay. Um, no, he turned my world
0: upside <laughs> down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go take this into holding for now, and uh, a few of the mages are gonna go out, go over it, make sure there's no curses. Do or we any, get to find this thing?
4: Uh, does uh? Is Lazy gonna pay a finder's fee for this all powerful airbrune well, stick?
2: I mean Um <laughs> Stopping the war and not allowing the genocide
1: of oh, I'll kill you, a, you a thousand gold, yeah that's fine. We'll take a thousand gold in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds right. That's a wrap, people.